welcome back to another predictions video here on the channel. As always, I am joined by my old man. Well. And for the first time, I'm joined by Alex's old man, Andy. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Andy. Hello, Michael. <laughs> oh, God, you're, you're brave because we're not in the same house. <laughs> Call him Colonel in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm full of nuts. <laughs> so... Uh, first of all, uh, for those of you <clears throat> who haven't seen any other episodes of the series, we sit down, we talk about football, the Premier League, uh, and then at the end of the video, we do some predictions for the upcoming fixtures in the league using an app called Superbrew. It's not sponsored, it's just the app that we use, and that is pretty much the gist of the series. Very simple, but very fun, so hopefully you enjoy it. We do have multiple topics throughout the video, so there are timestamps in the video description if you want to skip to a set topic, but hopefully you stick around for the whole yeah. video, but that's up to you. Uh, so let us dive straight into it. Now, I believe uh, you said to me the other day, Andy, that there was something that you wanted to talk about when you came on. Yes. Um, it's been, obviously, over the last century when I've been watching football and following football, um, the, the business of contracts and monies have always been a, a strange thing when we go back when Jimmy Hill was the first £100 a week player and then we go back now to contracts that are, I think, if I'm right, Ozil's earning something like £330,000 a week. So they've changed significantly um, and <coughs> it seems to be now you can be absolutely crap in your job, get sacked in football this is and get compensated a manager can be rubbish uh, get his contract terminated but can be paid the million pound or so that's left on it until he finds another job what other industry has that so my thoughts about it was why don't we do what the Americans do and have a draft every year so that you are drafted in as a manager and as a player for the whole season and at the end of the season um, depending on how well you've played you earn yourself a contract or you don't earn yourself a contract and if you haven't earned your contract then every other club is available to pick you up I think that's a fair a fair suggestion I mean it's not something that uh, many people would have thought about to be fair but it definitely makes sense and it seems to work quite well over in the States in American football what are your thoughts on that dad? I can see the advantages, but I, but I can also see the disadvantages because if a player knows that he's unlikely to get a contract the following year, what's to stop him from saying, oh, screw this, I'm going to bother? Well, he won't get another job the next season. That's, that was the point because other clubs are obviously <laughs> out there watching players. They're making a short lift of who they would like to draft and you know knowing that if the the club he's playing for at present doesn't want him because as you've just said he's playing rubbish um they could be picking him up so the idea would be a player is is playing every season for his next season's contract he just can't sit there for four years um i remembered bernard lambord who was uh, a player at chelsea £42,000 and he refused to be sold he wasn't good enough for the Chelsea team who I've followed for years and years and years um, and he just 
he said I've got a contract you'll pay me £42,500 whether that means I'm playing whether I'm sitting at the bench whether I'm in the stadium or whether I'm playing with the under 21s or under 18s you've signed a contract for me and that's what I'm going to see out and yeah he had, and he had no um, intentions of working for his contract but that could have um, an impact the other way um, say for instance you're a Premier League manager I think Alex knows where I'm going with this hmm. you're, a Premier League, you're a Premier League manager you hear there's a, a smaller club that's got a cracking player you think hang on a minute other teams are going to buy him and make him better I know we'll snap him up and put him on the bench for the whole season Jose Mourinho <laughs> Scott Parker well, it's the point is here is that it's for a season, isn't it? And at the end of the season, that man. Yeah, Chelsea keep offering him a contract, or yeah, whoever would keep offering him contracts. So sit on the bench, we we'll still pay you thirty grand a year or thirty grand it, a week. It's down to that player though, again, isn't it? It's a it's a two way thing. So the season, you just can't keep hold of a player like you said without the player agreeing with it. So at the end of the season the manager will say, or the board, because it, I'll, I'll also apply this to the manager. So, you know, you take on board a manager. The board says, right, this season the manager's done well, we want him next year. Go to the manager, i happy to play for us another season, or managers for another season. Yes, good, you're the starter. Um, and then they start looking at the teams. The manager says, well, I want to keep him, 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 him. Um, and they go away and offer a contract to that player. The player's not happy with that contract, or he can believe he gets a better contract for another season with another team. That's up to him. He loses his choice with the first <clears> team because he's opted out. If he doesn't get another uh, contract elsewhere, and the first team say to him, well, you know, you've gone out and you can't get a contract somewhere else, guess what? The contract we were going to give you now... Um, we're happy, but it's now going to be on our terms. We'll reduce the amount of money. Um, that way, I think you're, you're going to get teams who will play, or players who will play for the team, knowing they're going to earn their contract next season. You're also going to have managers who know they're in for a year, um, and, and they're there to make a good performance, other than just saying, right, I've got a three-year contract. After six months, I'll get sacked. You know, They'll pay me for the rest of my three years contract. You know, it's too much money <clears throat> being thrown at players. You know, I come from Chelsea. I watch Chelsea. How many times have we sacked a manager? And you know, I think over the last ten years, um, it's been around two hundred million pound in compensation to the managers we've paid out for sacking them too early or not seeing the contract. I, I can see the appeal, but I can also see downfalls. Clubs like continuity; they like to build squads playing styles etc yeah. etc um, you can't do that if you're chopping and changing your manager of players every year I I was going to but actually, also hang on, would you also go the full hog you say like the Americans do with um, drafting would you go the whole hog and say right all kit revenue all merchandise revenue is split between every club in the division equally and would you say that the t so you'd have to have no promotion and no relegation would the smallest club or the, the, the team that finished bottom then get first pick of the players the following season like they do in American sports yeah I, I think I think what will happen I, I would I would go a halfway house I understand what you're saying 
Um, the revenue merchandise, I do believe, I do believe you need promotions and relegations. It causes a competition. I believe the revenue that's generated in that division should be split evenly across the individual teams. I believe at the moment um, the revenue is dependent on where you finish in the uh, in the league. That's correct. Uh, so therefore, the 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 lesser teams are going to be at a disadvantage already because they know they're going to be potentially in the bottom third. So the money they're going to get in is going to be far less than the teams in the top third. That's wrong. If you're in a division, you get paid the same amount of revenue depending on what division it is. In so, regards, so you do away, you do away with parachute payments. I would. I would. Why, why is why is that an advantage? Why should anyone who gets relegated from the Premiership go into Division or the Championship and get paid whatever it is far more than a team? Coming up, the, the team that comes up doesn't get a parachute, so immediately they're at a disadvantage to the team that's gone down. Why is that? And well, they're not actually that much of a disadvantage, are they? Because as soon as they get in the Premier League, they're immediately entitled to a cut of television money and the sponsorship deal with whoever. Yeah, but, but that sponsored. team, that, but that team who's gone down is still getting that money for a season. They get three seasons. Yeah, but, but why? Why hmm. do they get that? You know, that's that's my point. I don't you know. know. Yeah. It's the answer. Yeah. So, so team, t- the money should be evenly split. If you're not in that division, then you only get the revenue that's generated by that division. In regards to kit, um, so basically doing away with promotion because if you know you're not going to get any more money from the championship, you ain't going to have enough money to build a squad to get to the Premier League. Well, no. I, if you're going into the champion into the Premiership, that's what I'm saying. You get the money that's in the Premiership. So the revenue that's generated. So you. You know the money going up. You know immediately you're going to get more money from the revenue because you're being in the higher league. If you come down, I don't see why you should be uh, at an advantage over the other, whatever it is in the championship. Twenty-two teams, twenty-four teams. So um, the twenty-one teams that didn't manage to get um, promoted and are left in there, and the three teams that get relegated immediately for three years are. a distinct uh, a revenue advantage. They've already had that revenue because they've been in the Premiership for a minimum of a season. So if they get relegated, why should they continue having an advantage over the teams in the Championship? One of the, one of the biggest obstacles to, to your idea, Andy, is the fact that in British football, English football, you've got three governing bodies. You've got the Premier League, the EFL, and the, and, uh, the FA. Yeah, well, you can't get you can't get the EFL to agree with themselves. Um, the EFL want to pause or talking about suspending the lower league below Division One or Two uh, Championship or Division One League One. Um, the Premier League will do anything in their power to undermine the FA, and as far as they're concerned, they run football. FA say no we do because if we want your players we'll have them yeah. and then the Premier League clubs are saying it's been going on ad nauseum it's not just recently how many times in the past have players from I will say Man United because it was mainly Man United players always seemed to get injured the week before international friendlies yeah. and ended up being fit immediately after international friendlies I mean Ryan Geese could have had yeah. 75 caps more and scored a world well, record, a record amount of goals for us because 
he was playing in the friendlies but Ferguson I've heard it a lot a lot of players from um, Man United in the past said Ferguson would actually be encouraged you to say oh I pulled a muscle yeah well yeah that, that's down yeah, to, that's, the, in, that's down to that, the individual player but I also think you know yeah, it's not if the manager says you go you ain't playing well, I I, th I think the player should also, you know, he has to have the right to say, do you know what, I've been called up for my country, and go. Yeah, against... but when he gets back, the manager will say, you ain't playing in the first team squad for well, six weeks. Then you leave. But, but yeah, I I, <laughs> I I understand with someone like Ferguson that probably was the case. But the the, the problem being, it's not just Man United. I think a lot of lot of clubs are guilty of putting pressure on their players not to partake in friendlies. Well, but that's, I, a, that's a case of the, the clubs telling the international sides like but, <coughs> Mourinho Klopp Guardiola they all said I spoke to Gareth about so and so yeah. and don't want him playing the whole which is understandable three games in six days when two of them are worthless friendlies um, but on the other side of the coin they're just coming back from an injury surely he'd want them to be fit for when they return so the extra match time, but no, rested. Don't shake him. He's still injured. And then as soon as it gets, it's a, it's a, it's a bugger's muddle. Yeah. Who runs the English game of football? Is it the clubs, the FA, the Premier League, or EFL? Answer: Nobody knows. <laughs> well, I think I, I think, think it's the, the agents. I yeah, think it is the football agents that run football. But then I think if you. You know, it's, it, if you're a self-employed person you, and a contractor, you have an accountant anyway. So it's a similar, similar vein that you're asking someone to go out. You know, you buy a house, sell a house through an agent, and they do try and get the best deal for you. Um, but also, I think if you've, if you go back to the draft idea, there won't be so many um, or a big effect agencies will have because it's down to the player and their. Uh, ability to prove that they can do it you know we we, we know that this time of the year it's transfer window in January and, and in June, July, August rumours start and most of those are started by the agent to say oh by the way um, such and such a club is interested in you, it unsettles the current club, they go away well we can't afford to lose him, let's change his contract let's throw another £100,000 the, the player gets £100,000 a week the agent all of a sudden gets 10% of that and and, all, and actually all it is is Mr Agent has decided to spread a rumour. Well, uh, who's that super and, agent, Alex? Uh, well, there's a, there's a couple of super agents out there. You've got uh, Jose Mourinho's agent who um, a couple of years ago was accused of, yeah. was accused of basically rebuilding walls on his own well, and that's George Mendes and then you've got Paul Pogba's uh, <clears throat> pardon my French wanker of an agent Mino Raiola but they get they get paid by the player the selling club and the buying club am I correct yes you are but I mean what's interesting here is back in 2016 the summer that Manchester United hired Jose Mourinho got Zlatan Ibrahimovic Henrik Mkhitaryan Paul Pogba um, and I can't remember the other one was it two years ago um, <clears throat> when we bought in uh, Paul Bogba for at the time world record 89 million quid Mina Riola got about 25 million for himself for himself which means that Manchester United probably paid over 100 110-ish they probably paid over 130 mm. yeah exactly um, 
So, you know... It's quite an interesting idea of a, a draft, but I can't see it ever working. Well, I, it probably you, won't you're happen. right, because <laughs> money, there's too much money... Because it's a sensible idea. Yeah, well, yeah. But there's also too many in the business of sales and everything, isn't there? That's the problem. I don't um, think you can put the money genie back in the bottle after all these years. No. But it, it, it would do... I, I think it would do away with the contracts. And I I just stand here and I always think, well, do you know what? If I was... wonder if, I've, if I was crap at my job and I got sacked, would, they, would they pay me the rest of my contract? No, they wouldn't. Why? Why are they doing? And sport or football seems to be the only contract that I know that does that. You can be absolutely crap and get paid your contract in full when you're sacked. David, David Moyes, when he departed Man United, Alex, yeah, wasn't he eligible to be paid until he found another job until the end of his contract? That he was well, Pochettino's just had that, hasn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, hmm. um, he was only more money, not doing anything. Yeah, I believe uh, he was eligible, but what actually ended up happening, to my knowledge, could be wrong, uh, at Manchester United when they sacked David Moyes. David Moyes was hired in 2013 on a six-year contract. Uh, he got sacked after 10 months, and Manchester United paid him compensation of 10 million quid. I could be crap for that money. Well, yeah, that, that's well, what, we all? That's the whole point, isn't it? Let's all go and join a Premiership club, get sacked after two days. And then live off the the earnings. I think there's a couple of uh, a couple of managers that come to my mind that I believe recently have been sacked and decided not to take compensation. Um, and I believe one of them was Sam Allardyce when he left Everton. That's the first one that comes to my head. But <clears throat> obviously David Moyes is in his second spell at West Ham now. He <clears throat> replaced Slavan Bilic at the end of that season. Stayed. <clears throat> he only hired, he was only hired on a six month contract and then he left. And then Pellegrini came in, he got sacked, and David Moyes is back. But during that first spell, when he was hired on that six months, he was only on a six-month contract, and David Moyes was hired on the basis that if we get rid of you before the end of that, you're not getting any compensation. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I distinctly remember David Moyes saying, because obviously he got lots of questions saying, it's unusual that a manager like you that's been around for such a long time only gets a six-month contract. Yeah. And he said, I believe it's going to become more and more common. To my knowledge, it hasn't happened since. So um I think a lot of managers I think a lot of managers are on the on what they call a one year rolling contract. Yeah, yeah. Neil Lennon is in Celtic, although I know that's not proper football, but <laughs> I don't think Neil last one. Not no. that cares. Not that no. I care. No. Um I was gonna mention something myself, uh, about the drafting that you said. Now earlier on in the conversation Dad mentioned uh, clubs like Longevity, they like players to be there for a while, build a legacy, and the same with managers. That is still a possibility with the way that Andy was describing yeah. it, Dad, because the way that I understood it, if a player plays well, he gets a new contract, and that basically that club gets first refusal yeah. on the player that's been at their club, uh, and the player can then say yes or no, same for the manager, um, which means then that if a player plays well, there's no reason why they won't be there the following year and the following year, and therefore can still build a legacy. Exactly. But... Ultimately, it will get rid of all of that dead wood. Um, (laughs) Um, I'm thinking of Sadio, uh, was it uh, Mohamed Salah? They didn't think he was good enough. Uh, Mourinho didn't think he was good enough. Let's go through it with Kevin De Bruyne. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Romelu Lukaku. Mohamed, yeah, come on. (laughs) 
Lukaku and Kevin De Bruyne and Blumen Salah are not Salah. even in the same planet as each other, are they? That's so, true. But Lukaku's probably on the planet Moon. Well, yeah, he is working in uh, with Antonio Conte. Used to manage Chelsea. Yeah, good. Well, at all, apparently. Well, I don't think but there's a different well level of skill over there, isn't it? That's the point. As we've said before, slower game. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, exactly that. It is a slower game. And, and we, we go off a tangent here, and that's another thing that I um, feel about our national games, is every time we play a national game, we decide to play how the rest of the European teams play, slow build-up. It's not our natural game in the Premiership. Why do you expect the players to be able to adapt to it? You know, we, we could run the rings round teams if mm. we played our normal club game, Premiership you'll, game. you remember the last time we, we did this, Andy was uh, Euro 96. And what are you saying? I'm an old. <laughs> no, you're never the same age as me and I can remember it. When, <laughs> when we played Scotland off the park and actually battered Holland. Yeah. 4-1 yeah. um, in we Holland. Played, we played the Premier way. The English way. Yeah. We, 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 and the point is you're, you're asking players who play week in, week out to do a, a system and then you go to the national team and then, no, Slow, 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 slow. Well, it's a pity we can't do what um, Kotschniffer, what's his name? The German manager. Um, Jakim Lowe. That's him. Um, <laughs> he went round all the Bundesliga clubs and said, to help the German side, this is how I'd like to play football. And all the managers said, yeah, fine, great. Could you imagine Gareth Southgate going up to something like Pep Guardiola, Jürgen Klopp saying, excuse me, can you play like this? They'd tell and say, bugger off, you want yeah, to they, get a few black eyes. Well, if, if you play the England way at the moment, no one will win the league. <laughs> like, like they are at the moment. No one really wants to win this league this season, no. do they? You know, no. Now, uh, the fact that United are at the top of the league is just amazing. Well, we're not yes. the best team in the league. <laughs> we're not the best team in the league. I'm not kidding We've myself. We've had the luck at the moment, to be fair. It's not, well, to be fair, I think, I the think luck, the, the it's luck always the way luck. The pictures are fallen. Let's, let's put it that way. Everybody else to win the games. Not just the fixtures fallen; it's their players who've fallen into the penalty areas. You know, I've got a point <laughs> I'd like to make about penalties and many. Give, hold that. Uh, what I was, I like <laughs> what I was uh, just going to say as well. One final point on the on the draft contracts, uh, draft contract idea before we move on because it's been 20, 20 minutes that we've been discussing this which is fine but should move on to another topic uh, I was just going to say it would eliminate uh, the situation that clubs find themselves in with players like Danny Welbeck for example when he was at Arsenal when towards the end at Manchester United Danny Welbeck was at Arsenal for about four years I believe uh, and I think he was out for about two and a half of those years with injury yeah. but he was still getting paid religiously every single week uh, high five-digit or a low six-digit sum. So he didn't get the national after four weeks or something? No, no, no. All right, not like the common people. They're, then, they're self-employed and they have their own image contracts as well. That's what bumps up the uh, the mm. pay packet and they have a favourable tax return if they register their image because they get paid get to pay corporation tax not income tax I was going to say half of them don't pay proper tax anyway I, I'm pre- yeah, fairly do. certain they pay what they do what, but it's not income tax I'm it's fairly certain that Andy pays more tax than a footballer does what's, what's yeah, sure. wrong with paying corporation tax <laughs> no, no but what, what I'm saying is a, a footballer on for say £350,000 a week 
Yeah. He asked what the club's paying him for football, but he's probably mm. earning the same amount again through image rights from FIFA or EA Sports, who make the FIFA games or whoever. Um, and his own private and, and the private sponsorships that he's got with kit suppliers and aftershave and condom <laughs> makers and everything else. <laughs> the, the kit suppliers, he's paid to Muzzet Incorporated or Muzzet Erzl Limited. Yeah. And that's paid to the corporate or to the, the company that is Muzzet Erzl. So then he just has to pay himself a dividend, yeah. not a wage, and he pays corporation tax, which is it's a lot more than legal. Well, he, it's he, he it's legal. To, he still has in to the pay eyes tax. of the law. He still has to pay tax on the dividends he pays himself and corporations. Yeah, but it's a lot lower than income, isn't it? No, not the dividends. It, it isn't. On on the whole, he's paying less income tax. He's paying the right amount of income tax on a lower fee. Yeah. Let's just move on. Because the rest of the Let's money that's going taxes away from Muzzle is on corporation yeah. tax. Let's not get into tax evasion. We all know they put their tax evasions anyway. That's why they've got multiple places abroad. Because it's evaders or evader, uh, evasion or, inv- or evading? Isn't no. there a, 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 avoiding or evading? Evading. Well, they, 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 they have offs- offshore accounts or they live abroad because it's cheaper. Like all the motor racers live in Monaco or something, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But they all have to pay income tax on any money earned while they're in this country. So one race a year, then. That's not bad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, but they have to pay that tax in any country they go to. Yeah. But anyway, we want it for football, not bloody motor racing. Indeed. Uh, Let's uh, move on. Um, Well, no, let's move on to what Dad wanted to say. He wanted to talk about penalties and... Manchester United, this should be fun for me. No, it, no what, what it was, we've all heard, we all get the build-up in the uh, in the press between the two relative managers, whether it be Jurgen Klopp, Alex Ferguson, whoever. They all try and... Persuade make, the ref. Make, make their clubs out to be victims and yeah. persuade the ref that, you know, in the past, you know, you know it happens, you know it happens. Klopp said that Man United have had nine penalties this year. God knows. But a lot more than Liverpool. A lot more than Liverpool. And he implied implied that it's because it was Man United. Now, I read an article on a sports website, and then I've just found a a tweet that was um, retweeted on a quote from that interview by Mark Clattenberg. Okay. Okay, let me read it to you. See what you make of it. There's a very key part of this, and I'll bet you don't know, you can't pick it up, Alex. Clattenberg. He, Klopp, is wrong to suggest there is an aura around United that sees them given favourable decisions. There used to be when Fergie was there, but that has eased massively since he left. So what are you saying? Fergie was the pressuriser. No, the last half of the last sentence. But that has eased massively. Not been eradicated, has eased. Yeah. So kind of Bird saying, yeah, we still do it, but not as much. Yeah. Do you think Clattenberg's trying to get back into the Premier League as a ref? I do hope not. Well, Clattenberg is a Chelsea supporter, isn't he? 
Is it? Did he? Did he not have a run in with Mikel Obi One um, in in a match against Man United? It, yeah, because this is I think, the wank that has got tattoos about all the cup finals he's done. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think there was a he racially abused or Mikel said he racially abused him or called him something in the match, uh, which Obi One got a bit upset at the time, and <laughs> result it resulted in him being sent off by Glattenberg. Because he yeah. apparently verbally abused the ref. Yeah, it's bizarre. I'm even losing track of what VAR's for now for penalties. Well, oh. to be fair, to be fair to this, let, let, let's put it this way: I was watching the Manchester United against Burnley game um, at the at the weekend uh, or midweek, should I say, Tuesday, and I was watching the first half, saw the entire thing, and there was a decision in the first half. Uh, that took five minutes mm. to to be come to because clear and obvious mistake. Yeah, then. Luke uh, Burnley were on the attack. Luke Shaw made a tackle. Referee didn't deem it as a foul. For the record, I believe it was, but that's beside the point. Yeah. Luke Shaw <laughs> made a tackle. The referee said no. Wave play on. We went down the other end. A tackle was then made on, I believe, Marcus Rashford. I could be wrong on who it was. I it was Pop- um, Who either way went in? To, it was just he was through on goal the Burnley goal, and was taken out by the last man. Now, the referee instantly blew his whistle yellow card. Rightfully so, the Burnley players thought, well, hold on, if you're going to give that, you should have given us one. And you'd think, fair enough, in real time, Luke Shaw's one looked like a foul. VAR was brought in for clear and obvious errors. That was a clear and obvious error, so you'd have thought VAR would have gone, no, pull it back, rescind the yellow card. That's what happened five minutes later after the referee had a look. I don't understand when you look at those tackles, how it took five minutes to realise that it was a foul to Burnley and not at the other end to Manchester United. How it took five minutes is beyond me, but that just proves that VAR isn't right in this country and the officials don't know how to the, use it. The officials in the VAR studio shouldn't be allowed to make a decision. They should bring up a, an issue to the, the ref on the pitch and says, I think there's an issue here you should see and tell him to go and look at the pitch side monitor. Yep. And then he makes the decision, because at the moment, it's the VAR referees that are running the games, mm. and the guy on the pitch is the guy running around like an idiot with a whistle and a card in his hand. Yeah. Not monitoring, because I think he's now saying, well, do you know what? Why do I really have to worry about this? Because I've got VAR in the back office, who are going to overrun me anyway. I'll just wait for them to tell me if it was a foul. Well, Jose Mourinho, I believe it was, actually said, I think that we should give the control of the game back to a man in the middle who's got a whistle in the card. Yeah, and I it, it should it. be. And, it, yeah, and, and bear in mind, you know, VAR was there, brought in, clear and obvious. And... and you know, when someone's toenail is over the line, someone's back heel, that's not clear and obvious. If they've got to get millimetre measurement lines out to say that's a clear and obvious error, which aren't always straight lines either. when you didn't see, um, then then we are taking the rules to the extreme. And, and y- y- we have to say, you know, some of this we are our own fault because we moaned and groaned about inconsistency refs, we should have VAR. <coughs> but then on the other hand, VAR has suddenly gone... It's a bit left and right, too far to the right now. There needs to be middle ground, and a middle ground should be pushed back to the referee in the ground, on the pitch, and if we believe he's made a clear and obvious mistake, he should be told, I think you need to go and look at the monitor. I agree. And away you go. 
I seem to remember when there was discussion of VAR, I've got two points to make. The first one being, when they brought in VAR, I don't think I'm dreaming, when I remember them saying, I don't know who it was, it was one of the referees, they will not be seeing the, the contentious fouls, incidents back in slow motion because it makes it look worse. Yeah, that needs to be in real time. Exactly. And secondly, here we go again, they should listen to how rugby uses TMO, touch, touch match official. The game's going on, and because they're all mic'd up, you can hear the TMO saying to the referee, foul, white, number three. You might want to have a look at that next stop. Yeah. So people know it's coming. Yeah. Stops, has a look on the big screen. No, I'm happy with that. We'll leave it as it is. Yeah. No problem. And, that, and that's <laughs> they also say, what I... They also say to referees, if it's a bit... Blah, 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 blah. Um... A bit close as to, you know, was it, wasn't it? He lets the play finish out and he will say, he'll get through the box, TMO, is there any reason why I cannot award the score? And yeah, the, he, and he, the, and he, the TMO he, will have a look and say, nah, do you want to have a look at that? I, it looks like he might be slightly in front of, we might be offside. Yeah. Referee will have a look and say, no, I'm happy with that, I'm going to award the try. But it goes back to the scenario is that the referee is in control, not yeah, the VAR exactly. person. And, and actually, I think he he will stipulate what he wants the TMO to look at. Yeah. The TMO can't look for infinitum no. to see any reason why they can't give it. He has to specify, yeah. did the ball travel forward? If it didn't, he then can't say, well, is there any other reason? Or, no, well, he can, because the, the question's worded, is there any reason? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. So he, he has to he has to give that answer. He has to give the question, not TMO or the, or the VAR say, well, it's offside because his toenail was growing two millimeters uh, a second faster than this guy, and therefore he's offside. Um, it's, it's, the, the, the camera shutter speed is not fast enough to do. Um, yeah. Well, what I found strange the other day was thirty-eight a second, Alex, or something ridiculous. Ninety-six frames per second. Well, it needs to be at least 150, doesn't it? Yeah, well, probably, yeah. Well, what, what, what I found strange the other day, when we all saw it, was when Bamford, or one of the strikers who pointed to where he was going and asked for the ball, and his arm was, was offside. offside. Yeah. But you can't score your hand. But he was offside. Yeah, you can't class. score your hand. What was it, the bottom of his sleeve that was over no, the line no, or something? He, he just pointed like that, and because the player, the other player was leaning forward. See, yeah, we've got to look at feet, because... If, you, if your feet is behind someone's other's feet, you're not getting an advantage because your hand's in front of his head. No. That's no, not an advantage. It's got to be looking at feet and no other part of the body. It's, it's got to be feet. It, it, it is. is. It is. And I think, that the, I think that the biggest thing for me is that you used to have something called the benefit of the doubt for the attacker. Yeah. Don't have that well, you know, there is an alternative. It's just do away with offsides. Like hockey. Yeah, just ice do hockey. away with it. Oh, well, ice hockey is only... You can only do away with offside in ice hockey if you've got a player in the bin. But you, but you also, with ice hockey, you, do away, you have what's called icing, so you can't hit it from the last third to the Not other ball. third. It has to go through the middle. Yeah. So, so you know, there are rules. But I, I think if you did away with offsides, you'd get, a, you know... 
you, you get a lot more freedom. Players mm. will yeah, worry Gary, about it. Gary Lineker scored loads of goals at goal hanging when there was offside. How many do you think he would have scored if there wasn't? <laughs> well, exactly. But then you get teams that would have to defend properly, not worry about standing two yards into their own half, playing a high line like that. And then <laughs> it was like the Arsenal, wasn't it? There a film that was dictated about how Arsenal stepped forward in a, like line dancing mm. back oh, in the 80s. Oh, yeah. That's it, when they did the march forward. March forward, oh, hands you, up. You mean, you mean the Arsenal offside track? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, the yeah. Arsenal back five back then, including the goalkeeper, was the England back five, wasn't it? Correct. Uh, well, it probably was, because, yeah, they, they worked Keown, together. Uh, Adams. Winterbar- Winterburn, Adams and... Seaman. Seaman. And yeah. that was a bloody good back five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Until Ronaldinho lobbed him from about 50 yards in the World Cup. <laughs> and he had that, and he conceded that goal in the European Cup with his cup from halfway as well. Mm. I think it was the ponytail at the time that did it. He did look did he? Well, I've got one final point to make on what Dad started this point off with about the penalties, penalties. for Man United. And uh, I'll leave you with this. We won't discuss it, but I'll leave it with you because I found it interesting. If Manchester United hadn't been awarded a single penalty this season, they'd be joint second, a point behind Liverpool. If Liverpool hadn't been awarded a penalty this season, they'd be level on points with 10th placed West Ham. Yeah, the the other fact is that um, Liverpool had the same amount of penalties in five seasons that United have had in the 10 months or so, Bernard Fernando, whatever you know, Bruno Bruno Fernando Fernando has been with United. So that's another stat. Yeah, yeah. Like any stats, yeah. any analysis, you can make what you like. Read it any way you want. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think it is time to do the stats. To do the predictions. And I'm and I'm really good at those as I'm propping up with the one. <laughs> I am then tasked. You ain't seen last round's results, have you, Andy? <laughs> oh, was I that bad? No. No, you're not better than me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm technically the strongest person in the league because I'm yeah, propping Loki, you all up. Loki would have picked them better last time than me. Oh dear. Well, um, well I, I do mine about half past ten at night just before I go to sleep. <laughs> is that your excuse? Two one three. I think I've mine up. I want to sleep. Oh look, <laughs> Fulham are beating United five nil. That's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's have a look. Uh, I mean, let me just check what round is going on at the moment. Uh, it is it's round eighteen. So yeah, that game is being played right now. It is half time as we're recording this bit at nil nil. Okay. So uh, oh, currently. In the round 18 of fixtures on Superbrew, uh, Dan, Joe, Ethan and myself are all tied at the top, five and a half. Then it's James on five, Jake on four, Steve and Andy tied on two and a half. And my yeah, stop right one. there, stop right there. One. <laughs> but um, how many matches is that? Uh, that's just all, from, all the of them five games, from the five games this week so far. The last one is tonight. So, so five games, one point. Yeah. That's average it is. for me. Yeah, but that's my dad that's got it. So you're doing better than dad at the moment. Well, I, I, while we're talking about predictions, one one week when I actually came second and we had I got three and a half points. So obviously it was a really rubbish uh, week for everyone. <laughs> um, I looked at the Chelsea Blue uh, League that for, for what some reason I'm already in as well, uh, and I'm mid table there. So obviously there's a lot more crap players than me, but. The the guy at the top, he got twenty two and a half points out of the ten games. I, th- I, think, I, th- 
I think it worked out, if I worked out, he got six exact, so he got 18 points. He then got two right, or two close, which is another three points, which made 21. And then he got one right, so that's 22 points. And then he got one wrong, so he got 22 points rather than 22 and a half. 22 points out of 30. I'm wondering why he isn't doing the pools. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why is, why is like he bothering the super pool? Like I put money on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, let's um, get back to the predictions. Yeah, the overall table. Um, so the overall league. James at the top, 150 and a half. Joe, 145 and a half. Ethan, 145. Myself, 142. Dad, 135 and a half. Dan, 119 and a half. Jake, 112 and a half. Steve, 111. And 107 and a half for you, my friend. Um, so that's how... As I said, I don't take it seriously. <laughs> that's how it looks overall. Um, but let us now move forward to round number eight, uh, number 19. Now, bizarrely, according to Superbrew, round number 19 has 11 games in it. In fact, it might be more than that now. But either way... It, it might be one left as well, because the Villa game might be called off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, See, it is, that brings it is me another point whilst you're faffing around with your phone. It's how, you know, the Villa Villa games, every match so far for Villa has been cancelled or postponed because of COVID. Every other team is playing. How the hell are, how are, how are Aston Villa ever going to be making these games up? They're going to be playing them every two days that, at the end of the season or what? That brings me on to what I think. I love Scotty Parker. Yeah. Good Chelsea player. Cracking Charlton player. Um he um Charlton Nil. He scored four at the weekend, thank you. He did. You also conceded four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. So I'm only gonna mention that bit. The um, goal difference that, no, to be zero. Fair, you were four two yeah. <laughs> Charlton nil. Yeah. Um, we, it, um was, it was four two down at one stage, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I'm moving on. Um, I've got a man sent off. Yeah, I know. Maybe you should play with ten every day then. Again. Um no. Scott Parker complained. That his yeah. team were given 36, 48 hours notice to play Tottenham this week. Okay, saying, oh, it's wrong, we've had this, that, like, no notice at all. But hang on a minute, Jose Mourinho had two hours notice to say, sorry, your game ain't being played. Yeah, so there's, now a, the, slight, now there's the... a slight, slight difference though, because you're obviously prepare, you're preparing for the game, you're training for the game. You know, three hours notice isn't. Uh, as bad as not having any notice to prepare. And but they're in the same town. They're in the same bloody city. It's not... Yeah. It's st- they're yeah. professional sportsmen. They should be fit. They I, should I, know I, how I, they're going to play. They should I, know I, the tactics they were going to employ against Spurs when the game was cancelled a couple of weeks ago. Yes. would have been damned if they did and damned if they didn't. If they hadn't have played it when they had the gap this week, yeah. come the end of the season, Scott Park would be saying, why am I playing six games in three days? Yeah. Or three games in six days, whichever makes more sense. So he can't have it always. I mean, it's happening in rugby. Um, European Challenge Cup and the Champions Cup this weekend and next weekend has been cancelled because of the COVID uh, problem. So the French government won't let their teams travel. Yeah. So the I, French, I, said, French have said, I know, we'll carry on with our league to get as many games as that out of the way. So... We're ahead of the curve. Should we have to have another shutdown? Yeah. Premier League rugby, Premiership rugby in this country said, no, you have two weeks off. Hello? Why don't you just play the games that, a couple of games have been cancelled recently anyway. Yeah. Bring a couple of fixtures forward. 
your benefit because the games that you're playing now will mean you've got your international players come February, March when you moan that the, the players that you want aren't available because they're on international duty, you would have played them games and got the points. So everybody would have benefited. Now the players have got two weeks clicking their heels. They're still going to be training. They're still going to be doing this, that and the other. They've still got a potential of being infected. So two weeks' time, they can come up for a game. Sorry, you can't play Saracens. They've all got COVID. Yeah. Just play it while you know they're fit. So why can't the Premier League have done the right thing by saying, right, Spurs, you're playing Fulham. Fulham should say, Oh, right, OK, yeah, makes sense. Say he's playing it over the Easter period, or we played how many games in how many days. Get it out of the way. We played at the weekend, we're match fit. Crack on. I don't mind. Yeah, I think that I think there are a little bit more technical knowledge about it, because obviously Spurs and Aston Villa play a different game. So therefore, you know, when you look at your next opponents, just looking at your setup, who your players are going to be, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you, you do some training ground exercises set pieces, set plays to match the team you're going to play. Um, well, they didn't so, know how they were going to play against Spurs earlier in the hold season. Hold on, Dad. Yeah, well, you know, that was December the 30th, wasn't it? But the I good thing is we, 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 we actually had an extra day now because we were playing Fulham tomorrow we're now playing Saturday. So, I don't awesome, know. Yeah. <laughs> but then we are playing Tuesday as well. So Yeah, I mean, every, everybody's fast. going through it. Yeah, yeah. So Not everybody's a having a COVID outbreak. Yeah. Makes you wonder, then. Yeah. Well, anyway, predictions. Let's do them. Uh, we're going to do the bizarrely Super Brew's got more than 10, but we'll just go by Super Brew as we always have. Uh, Wolves against West Brom is the first game of the round of fixtures. What are you gone for, Dad? Well, uh, yes. 2-0 uh, Wolverhampton. OK. Uh, I have gone 3-0 to Wolverhampton. Can you remember what you've predicted? No. You've put 2-0 to, to oh, Wolves. I was going to say, you should be able to yeah. see me because I've locked them in. Yeah, you've got 2-0 for Wolves. So, there you go. I'll uh, stick to that one. <laughs> you can't change it. <laughs> oh, no, because I've locked it in. Yeah. Yeah. So, 2-0 to Wolves. Yeah. I don't, I don't see West Brom doing anything. You know, Roy, uh, whatever his name is. Sam Allardyce. Sam Allardyce hasn't had a good start to his career at West Brom. Um, and, and that comes back to why did they get rid of their previous manager if he's had the same effect. Alex and I had a six-mile walk on Sunday and we talked about this for that whole six, uh, six miles. So we're not going to talk about it again. No. <laughs> uh, Leeds against Brighton, Dad. Right, this is purely on the second half performance of Brighton last night. Um, they played really well against City. Uh, um, screwed up my week completely. I only got a point for that. Um, <laughs> but he chose a system to play the team. Going back to our previous conversation, Andy. Yeah. Um, and he nearly got. He should have got a point out of it. They deserved the point. Um, so I'm going two all. Fair enough. Uh, I can see here you've gone two one to Leeds. Yeah, um, I, I, if I could, I'd probably think about changing that because the way Leeds have played over the last couple of weeks, I think people have realised now that the gung-ho approach at Leeds play, you can catch them cold. Um, you know, they'll always be out attacking and trying to score. You, you, you rebut that and you can get the breaks and score against them. You know, if Chelsea, was it 4-0 Chelsea Leeds? You know, if we... have lost more than they've won this year. Yeah, they yeah. have. Yeah, yeah. And they lost to Crawley. <laughs> yeah. 
So that, well, I don't know what their goal difference is at the moment. It must be negative, isn't it, Leeds? It probably is. Um, I don't know. I haven't got the table anyway. But anyway, 2-1 to Leeds then. Yes. Uh, I've gone for the same scoreline as you. Uh, and to be fair, I agree with your reasonings. If I could change it, I would. But there you go. Uh, West Ham against Burnley, the battle of the claret and blue. Yeah, well, the clarets are going to win. Okay. 2-1 uh, West Ham. Fair Purely because they're at home. But isn't the clarets Burnley? <laughs> yeah. That's true, they are. Yeah, yeah I'll just go by the colour of their kits. Oh, the <laughs> I, <don't> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the Ammers will win then. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I was put down. You've put the same as me again. 2-0. To West Ham. Ah, so you're picking, you're, you're ganging up now. You're in the same house. I see. That's that works. <laughs> well, I can assure you, he's not in my bed at half past ten at night. He's <laughs> no, not in Alex's I... bed even. Whatever. He's on the floor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I am because she's not very well. Yeah. So. Oh, but yes. So West Ham to win. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next game, Fulham I, against I, Chelsea. I will pick up a point about Burnley though, um, and whatever his name, Sean Dyke, yeah. about COVID and Dyche. Uh, Dyche. <laughs> Uh, I will have to say on record, I think he's complete arse about saying footballers should get COVID injections first. You know, Agreed. Are they prima donnas? Just get yeah. a life. Yeah. Move on. Agreed. I agree. Uh, Fulham against Chelsea, Dad. Uh, I've gone for um, Scott to do his old employers a favour. Uh, it's going to be 2-1 Chelsea. Fair enough. Uh, Andy, I can tell you, you've gone for 3-0 to Chelsea. Yeah, bear in mind this was about four weeks ago when I did these predictions. <laughs> um, uh, you know, present present form, I could think it would be a little, a little bit closer. If it's at Fulham, I wouldn't be surprised if they get a draw. Fair enough. Now. OK. Uh, I've gone for 2-0 to Chelsea, so we shall see. Yeah. Uh, the next one is Leicester against Southampton. This, to me, will be a cracking game of football. Yeah, uh, unfortunately Danny Ings won't be playing. Um, no. He's, he's caught the lurgy. He has. Um, and that is why I'm pleased I chose my pick tonight, actually, because um, with him That's in the side, I couldn't see any gun any other way but a draw. But without him in the side, I think we'd have to go 2 1 Leicester. Fair enough. Um, if I was to, th- I can't remember again, so we'll talk about it in a minute. But on current form, I, I, I can see potentially Southampton getting a win from that one. But okay. Leicester's actually got the better recent form. Well, 68% of people on Superbrew are going for a Leicester win, if that mm. helps. Um, but uh, you put one all when okay. you did your prediction. Yeah. Um, I did my predictions before I knew that Danny Ings was out. Because Danny Ings is out, if I could change it, I would go for a Leicester win. But I didn't, so I've gone for a two-all draw. Right. Uh, a Desmond. But Shay Adams, Adams is scoring again, so... Oh, OK. You've I suppose this price, is how all you price. guys are getting so many right decisions, you wait and see what the team looks like before you do your predictions. Well, I don't go that close to the game. Dad probably, I, I think Dad just does it when he remembers and I tend well, to do it at out. the end of each week. Ethan does it, doesn't he? Yeah, Ethan does go right up to the fixture. Yeah. Lineups. But as you said to me, that runs the risk of missing it completely if you're busy. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go. Sheffield United Tottenham. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, one it's win been, for that one. It's been a thunderous <laughs> forward display by Tottenham. Um, they're going to go forward wave after wave no they're not they're going to win 2-0 yeah <laughs> I can see that very much see that um, I can tell you you went for Sheffield United 1 Tottenham 3 yeah and I, 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 you know although Sheffield United won for the first time on the weekend I don't see them being able to do that against Tottenham no I, I'm, 
if I was a better man, I'd actually say Tottenham to win the league this year. Fair enough. That's fair enough. Although they have wavered a little bit recently. Yeah, but And who has? Well, exactly, I was going to say, because the amount of teams that are going up at the top and falling mm-hmm. again, it's anybody's game. Uh, yeah. I've gone for 2-0 to Tottenham. Well, it is the year of the one, by the way, as well. It is. No, they're going to win the FA Cup, then, don't they? Well, they've won the league, uh, the league match, their league championship, and all their cup wins have been in the year of the one. Yeah. So there you there are. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool against Manchester United, the biggest game of the weekend in terms of the clubs involved. Potentially the biggest game of the season so far. Three-two um, mm. Liverpool. Cheers, Dad. Love you too. Done well. Call it That's fair enough, mate. Uh, I would probably agree with you. If my camera would focus again, so you, keep, you keep leaning forward. Um, that'd be why then. Um, yeah, I, it, it, yeah, I would probably agree with you if the fans were in, but they're not, so I don't. Um, Andy and I have gone for the same scoreline, which is two all. Yeah, I, I, you know, look again, depending on when I did these, but at the time I think uh, United were about eighth or ninth in the league. Um, it's wrong of me to actually think I want United to win a games, but actually, um, <laughs> at the moment, Chelsea hold the, the record for the Premiership for most home games without a defeat, which is about 83-84, uh, and Liverpool are close on that, so um, I want someone to someone to beat that. Yeah. Surprisingly, it was Liverpool who, who ended our undefeated game at Stamford Bridge. Um, but yeah, if... if if United could win and beat Liverpool and then lose the next 10 games, I'd be happy. <laughs> I wouldn't be as happy. I'd be happy with the first bit, not the subsequent bit. But uh, no, obviously my trusty prediction is normally 2-1 to United, but against Liverpool, I couldn't put that. So I, think be, I think your 2-1 would be the result in the FA Cup following weekend. No, I, I think we'll lose. Uh, well, my heart tells me we're going to draw or win. My head tells me we're going to lose both. But let's move on. Uh, Man City just against Crystal Palace. Just, just a quick one on that. Something you said on the radio. Neither side wants to get... Neither side are probably bothered about the FA Cup. Fair point? Well, I disagree with you on that one, but let's but move I, on. I, I, neither neither uh, club uh, is going to want to be knocked out by the other club. Man United uh, wouldn't want to lose to Liverpool and vice versa. I think United are probably more concerned about it than Liverpool. I think Klopp is more about winning the Champions League. the Champions League. Yeah. Um... And, and the FA Cup is a bit of a hindrance this year because of the closeness of the matches. Yeah. Interesting to see the side so far. Anyway, well, back to we'll the City, uh, City Palace. Your favourite team, Crystal Palace. 4-1 Man City. OK. Uh, Andy, you've gone 2-1 to Man City, a bit closer. Mm. Yeah. I, I can see City winning. I think at the moment, you know, their top front, uh, their front players are not actually firing on all cylinders as they have been. No. And I think Hodgkin will set up Palace not to get routed. Mm. Well, that's fair. I, uh, I've actually gone for a route. I've gone 4-0 to Man City, but I can see where you're coming from. I mean, Man City's top goal scorer this season is Phil Foden with yeah. eight or with eight in the league, and that's a midfielder. So, yeah. Just like I said that, but having also said they struggled yesterday to beat Brighton. So, there you go. There you go. But you can also see why I'm good at predictions because I'm at the bottom of the league by 40 points. So, <laughs> yeah, go by any of my, my predictions. I'd worry if I was doing the same as you, Andy, all the time. <laughs> Arsenal against Newcastle. Nice and polite, Dad. Nice and polite. 2 0. 2 0. Okay. Uh, 
you've gone for the same as my dad this time, 2 0 Arsenal. So. Well, we obviously shared a bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you wouldn't say anything. <laughs> I've gone for 3 0 to Arsenal. Um, oh, because okay. Arsenal have rediscovered their feet a little bit recently. So that's why I've gone for that. But I say that, they're currently drawing 0 0 with Crystal Palace as we speak, so they can't have found that yeah, much of their feet. But anyway, uh, West Ham against West Brom. What an enthralling game of football this won't be. Yeah, 3 0 West Ham. Really? Yeah. All right. Really. Uh, you've Antonio's got two playing now. well. Um, there you go. I, I, I think West Brom are, are the uh, kicking horse. This well, year. Boys, definitely. Yeah. I, I think, think was it when they kicked the, hit the donkey mm. with the sweets? Oh, uh, pinata. Pinata. Yeah, yeah, they're the pinata this season. Everyone comes yeah. up, beats them with the stick, takes the sweets, and runs away. More so than Sheffield United, moment, yes. although the league says another story. But I think Sheffield United are better than West Brom. Yeah, I, I do. And, and, you know, bearing in mind, as, again, the conversation we had while we're walking, how, how can one team do so well last season and now only just picked up their first win after 18 games, 17 games? Yeah. Funny yeah, that was a coincidence. When um, Derby went down with 11 points, they only won one game all season. That was against Newcastle. Mm. Moving on. Yeah, uh, I've gone one nil to West Ham. Oh yeah, okay. Because I think it'll be boring. But there you go. Uh, the next game on the round of fixtures here is Leicester and Chelsea again playing against each other. What are you going for there? Yeah, two um, one Leicester. Fair enough. I've probably gone if I, I don't know what have I gone for a Chelsea win. Or no, you've gone one all. Yeah, I, I, for big teams like that. I do predict the draw with the hope that we win. But with Leicester's form at the moment and it's away from home, I think I was really pushing my luck going for a one-all draw. Um, but hey-ho, I've got to support my team. Yeah. Well, I've gone for a, for a result which none of you two have gone for and you're probably going to think I'm crazy, but I've actually gone for a high-scoring game and I've gone Leicester 2, Chelsea 3. Oh, well, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that. You see it happening. Stupid. You see it happening. Can you? No. Can you? No. <laughs> I, I, here's another fact that while we're talking about it, I, it was just going through the Premiership um, and, and thinking about how many Chelsea players are now managing. Mm. And not just Premiership, but, you, you know, you've got Scotty Parker, who was... Manager who, who used to be manager, Steve Clark, Brendan Rogers used to be part of the Chelsea setup, and now he's Leicester. You know, uh, Eddie Newton's in management. Paul uh, John Terry is assistant manager or coach at Aston Villa. Frank Lampard, we must have been doing something somewhere. <laughs> I was going to yeah, ask you about that quickly. Yeah. What do you think about Roman Abramovich? What did to bring in Mr. Turtleneck, Avron Grant? Yeah, I think that's a big undermine to the Frank. I mean, I, I, to be fair, if he brought if 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 he brought Avron Grant Grant in, can't quite see why he's bringing him in, uh, and what he's going to bring to the team. Or what As an outsider, he's he's doing that so Frank Lampard quits because he knows he can't sack Frank Lampard because he's a legend. Well, I, I, I was going to say, I think Frank, you know, rightly would say, well, what is it you, what is it, what is it you, I'm doing wrong? You know, explain to me what it is. I've told you what my contract was. If you're going to bring someone in over the top of me, um, 
didn't another club do that as well? They brought someone in as their technical director or something, wasn't it? Mm. Was it Edu at Arsenal? Yeah, I believe it was, yeah. Well, yeah, that was well done. Was there. Yeah, and he's still there though, isn't he? Yeah. I, 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 I think you have to pick up that it was Sky Sports who suggested that the conversation happened. Um, so again, we talked about agents. You know, where did that information come from? Mm. The two ladies dog walker, probably. Yeah, bearing in mind um, Roman Abramovich isn't in the UK still. Um, All right, the dog walkers. Sorry, the two ladies dog walkers rushed and translate a pen. <laughs> yeah, um, I think he's got Israeli citizenship, so it must be over in Tel Aviv somewhere. All right, I don't do that list again. Yeah, somebody, <laughs> somebody, somebody spilled it, didn't they? It's uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a slow news day. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, let's see. As we say about transfers, no one's playing for a team until they've actually signed on the dotted line. Nope. Uh, Man City, Aston Villa. That's Especially if they're South African, they played enough games, so they have to wait two and a half years. Um, I I wouldn't even bother because that game's not going to be played. <laughs> no, but he did, he did play last night. Who, Aston Villa? No, no the... Um, what am I thinking about? There's a guy that was signed South African blood. I think it's Brighton. Have you he gone for a tangent? Because yeah, we were no, talking about no. Man City Aston Villa prediction. Yeah, I, I lost yeah but you're saying about you haven't, you haven't um, transferred till you've signed on the dotted line, or you're, right, you're not. So you're, yeah, 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 yeah. Catch up, well, catch up. Yeah, all right. I'm getting oh, flashed yeah. out here and everything else. Right, what are we on now? Leicester. No, no, go on. No. What were you going to say? <laughs> Man City Aston Villa. Yeah. No, there was, I'm sure it's a Brighton player that was signed two and a half years ago. Yeah. Didn't have enough um, international caps. Right. So we had to wait for a work permit that came through in January this year. In the meantime, that Brighton, who couldn't play him, but they still owned his registration, loaned him to Frankfurt or Eintracht or somewhere like that. And he played a couple of seasons out there. And oh, he made right. his okay. debut from in the FA Cup at the weekend and played against City last night. Moving on. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that was 30 seconds of useless piece of information. <laughs> oh, well, see, Toga, follow the game. Follow the game. <laughs> God, dear, oh, dear. I apologise for the ladies and gentlemen at home that the two, the two elder gentlemen in this video are going at each other like a pair of nannies with knitting needles. Well, are we not looking like saintsy and greasy? <laughs> I don't know what that is. What? I, I, I ain't being greasy, he's a pisser. <laughs> I don't well, want to be in bloody St John either, because he's Scottish. <laughs> Moving on. I thought he was Liverpudlian. Saints. Ian St John? No, he's a Scot. Yeah. He was a Scot. OK. He played for, anyway. played for Liverpool. Well, Greavesy was the best player that played for Chelsea. Tottenham? No, Chelsea. Tottenham. Uh, moving on. <laughs> City well, Villa. He was the best player that played for Chelsea. He may have been the best player that played for Tottenham as well, but I'm just saying he's the best player that have played for Chelsea. I oh, know Peter Oosterhouse is pretty good. Um... Peter, exactly, show me age. Peter Oosterhouse. Oh, what was his name? Um, Peter Oosterhouse was a golfer. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Who was the bloody Peter... Houseman? That's, no, not him. Benetti? No. Anyway, <laughs> Yeah, just move on. Let's just move straight Peter on. Peter Osgood. That might be him. That might be him, yeah. He, he was the number nine striker with the long... Uh, sideburns in the 70s. Played yes. Yeah, so I was getting used to houses and the Osmonds mixed up. 
Of course you do, because right. who wouldn't? It wasn't the Osmonds either. It was the Osgoods. <laughs> the Osmonds on the air. I promise, Heidi, I wouldn't swear, but I'm slowly losing that promise at the moment. <laughs> okay. City Villa. 3 oh. 1, Man City. Thank you. You've gone 2 1. Well, yeah, but as I said, I predict it won't be played. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I said that about five minutes ago. You did. There we go. You did. 4 0 to Aston Villa. Uh, no, it's not. 4 0 to Man City is That's another week. It's another week away, isn't it? So it uh, might be there, Maybe. I doubt it, though. Uh, Fulham, Manchester United, Dad. 3 0, Man United. You never guess what I've gone for. 2 1. 2 1. Correct, because so have you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't well, either it's going to be a good week for both of us, or a shit week for both of us. Because <laughs> we've gone very, very similar. I really hope predictions. it's the latter. Yeah, of course you do. Uh, well, the next... my, my history, you're you're down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool, Burnley. 3 0 Liverpool. Oh. I don't know, I can't see. Uh, you've gone for 3 0 Liverpool. Uh, as well. well, it is definitely oh, going to be yeah. a Liverpool win. Yeah. And they'll be starting their home. Uh, streak again because United have beaten them before. Hopefully so. Um, I've also gone three not Liverpool, so we've all gone the same there. Yes. Uh, and the final one, Aston Villa Newcastle, which might be played because this one's the twenty third of January. Yeah. Um, I think that Newcastle probably won't get the new manager bounce, and I think they'll lose two one. <laughs> Why do you think Steve Bruce is gone? Well, he's just been backed by the owner today, isn't he? Well, true. Oh. Which owner is that, though? Mike Ashley. Ashley, the one who owns it. Yeah, yeah, but there's so many people saying they own Newcastle. We all own Newcastle. Until, until somebody says to Mike, until until Mike Ashley line. says, I've got your money, you can have the club. You're talking as a Charlton <laughs> fan. Yeah. It ain't over till it's over. Yeah, true. And, um, and, the F, and the Premier League or FA sanction whoever it is they want to let in to buy Newcastle. Well, at this rate, it'll be... Uh, uh, a community club, I think. Yeah. Well, to be fair, the passion that New Newcastle people have for their club, I don't think that would be a bad thing. But there you are. Yeah, yeah we were um, we were going to talk about what makes a big club a big club, wouldn't we? But we talk about we'll that. Do that next we? time. Yeah. Um, you've gone two one to Villa, Dad. Uh, yeah. Andy and I have yet again gone for the same two nil. Yes. Yeah. I'd I'd love to know how you determine the. Sorry, I'm going off a tangent, but you you picked up at what makes a big club a big club well first of all what who would you determine being a big club yeah yeah Why? Man United Man United Liverpool what? Celtic Glasgow Rangers Barcelona Real Madrid Bayern Munich is that all based on their history it's based on their history um, on their trophy cabinet um, I will never class Manchester City as a big club until yeah, until they've won plenty of European Cups. Yeah. Um, at the moment, Man City are just a rich club. Same as Chelsea are a rich club. They're not a, what I would call a traditionally big club. I would disagree with you. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because Andy sat next to me close enough to punch me in the face. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, no, I was hoping he would. <laughs> I, I, I would disagree with you, Dad. But, yeah, if, you, if you're basing it on... Last twenty years history, say this millennium, yeah. Then you know they've got to be in the big club league. Oh. I think if you're basing it prior to that, how many European cups they won? One. So but then, going one. Back, 
Liverpool won two, so that makes Liverpool a much bigger club than Chelsea. Liverpool and I don't think it was right. No, in the last, the... since the year 2000, Liverpool won oh. two. Okay, what makes a world-class manager then? Somebody who can do it in a variety of leagues and a variety of clubs, starting from scratch. Doing um, well. I do not class Pep Guardiola as a world-class manager because he has not won a European trophy without Lionel Messi in his side. Well, it, it, he couldn't do it at Bayern Munich, which is a bigger club than Man City, so he's got no yeah. chance at uh, uh, Man City. And, and this was a conversation that was on Sky the other day with uh, Gallagher or whatever you know, Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville. The brain trust. Yeah, yeah, they were saying. Uh, uh, a world-class manager has got to be someone who's won something like the Champions League or with a team, which makes Roberto Di Matteo a world-class manager. <laughs> yeah. That's sort of the exception that probably proves the rule, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'm just saying. So what makes a big club, what makes a world-class manager? It, it's got to be... It, it can never be what's in front of them because no one knows, so it has got to be history, but... How much of a history do you go back to? How many how many teams has Pep Guardiola Guardiola, Guardiola built, not managed, built, gone into a club and saying, right, this is who I want. They're going, they're staying, they're going. I want him. I want him. I don't think well, he's he, done it to anybody because I think well, the he, team was pretty much the same with Barcelona when he no, took over. City is probably the only club he's brought up and built. He ain't won the European Cup, has he? No, no, no not yet. But you don't expect to yeah. do it straight away. He's been there five years. It's as long as he's been at a club. Hmm. It is. And if you don't win it this year, I don't think he'll be there next year. Well, he's just signed a contract extension, so I think he will be. No, Alex, go back, that means go Jack. Go back to my conversation about an that hour and twenty minutes ago. nothing. Exactly right. He's signed a contract knowing that he'll leave in a year and get two years' compensation. Mm, David Boyd, nine years, sat after ten months. Mind you, he was shit. So I, I, rest, I, I, I take that. As but a I point. suppose if you leave a club and it's your fault, you don't get a compensation, do you? I don't. I don't think City will ever sack him. It'll, it'll be his choice to leave. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I. Yeah, probably. You're probably right there. But then, but then the, who's he going to go to? The, the, the owners will get fed up, I think, with all their money before they sack Guardiola. Potentially. Anyway. I reckon they'll sell the club. They won't. They'll get fed up with financing the Premier League and the, and the three-year cup. They'll just get fed up with financing the Mickey Mouse competitions. They're not going to win the Champions League at the moment. Um, Brighton showed that last night. They were toothless. Man City, absolutely well, toothless. I, I think this year, this season is just an ad hoc one, and, and it'll be once COVID's over and done with. I think we're going to see a different football um, system once it's all over because I can see many clubs going out of business. I was going to say, there won't be 92 clubs left. No, no there won't. No. Not a chance. So, there you go. Uh, I'm going to call it because we've been going for an hour and 12 minutes um, nearly. Yeah. And uh, I believe that actually makes it the longest recording session ever for this series. So there you go. That's me waffling. No, it's all of us. But, uh, we all waffle, Andy. You've, you've seen the video up there, so you've seen the uncut version as well. We travel <laughs> on. Well, and it's, on. Good, it's good for making me go to And school. on. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Appreciate that. You can yeah. come back. Good for um, something. Good for something. <laughs> could have been worse. Uh, Ethan could have been joined in as well. Well, that's true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we anyway, would have started predicting you. Yeah. 
That's true. Thank you very much, anyway, to both of you for being here this week. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Dad. Uh, We will be back, or me and Dad will. I don't know. Randy will, potentially. Maybe not. Uh, Next time. <laughs> well, it, as, as the two Ronnies used to say, it's good night from him and it's good night from me. Yeah. <laughs> well, either way, thank you for watching. If you've enjoyed this monster of an episode, please do leave a like, subscribe to the channel if you are new, tick the notification bell, set it to all so you don't miss out on any future videos on the channel. If you want to follow, follow any of us on social media, the links are in the video description if we've got any to share with you. And until the next time, guys, thank you very much for watching. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.